I trust that all of us have been enjoying Passover and embracing the challenge of avoiding chametz and eating matzah at our meals. What a fantastic uh, congregational Seder we had last Saturday evening, wasn't it? Yeah. Just... As the British would say, it was a smashing event. Tonight we will say farewell to this season of Passover. But is the festival season over? Far from it. We are presently celebrating Sefirat HaOmer, the counting of the Omer, a 50-day period leading up to the celebration of Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, the traditional anniversary of the giving of the Torah. So this morning, I would like to talk with you about setting sail for Shavuot. And I have two points. First, embrace Torah and tradition. And second, let's get ready for a wedding. Let's begin with number one. Embrace Torah and tradition. As a Messianic Jewish community, we are commanded in the Torah to count the Omer. In Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 through 16, we are told, and let's all uh, say this together, if uh, we can get that up. All right. From the day after the Shabbat, in the middle of Passover week, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks. Count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Shabbat, and then present an offering of new grain to Adonai, and that is on the day of Shavuot. On the surface, this would seem to be a very straightforward explanation of how we are supposed to count the days leading up to the festival of Shavuot. However, the Jewish calendar is rarely straightforward. During the Second Temple period, various sects argued over this very passage, and their debates centered on the meaning of one word. That is the word Shabbat in verses 15 and 16. What could be so complicated about the word Shabbat, which simply means Sabbath. Well, the Sadducees contended that Shabbat in this text referred to the seventh day of the week, Friday night to Saturday night. So if you count off 50 days until the day after the seventh Shabbat, you end up with the festival of Shavuot beginning on a Saturday evening every year. But the Pharisees said, lo, this is not correct. The Sabbath in this text, they said, refers to the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Matzot, which God said is a day of rest. It is an annual festival Shabbat, not a weekly Shabbat. 
The Pharisees said, we should begin counting our 50 days, starting with the festival Shabbat on Nisan 16. Does any of this make a difference? It actually makes a lot of difference. You see, the Sadducees always began counting on the first day of the week, Sunday, and always arrived at their celebration of Shavuot on a Sunday. Well, it would begin Saturday night and then finish Sunday night. So they'd begin on Saturday night. It would uh, go through Sunday night. And then they'd complete uh, the cycle after 50 days, beginning Shavuot on Saturday night and finishing on Sunday night. But with the Pharisaic way of counting, Shavuot could be on a Sunday, a Monday, a Wednesday, or a Friday. This means that the Pharisees and Sadducees usually celebrated Shavuot at different times, and this divided the Jewish community. Imagine if some people in your family celebrated Thanksgiving on the fourth Thursday in November, and other people in your family celebrated Thanksgiving on the fourth Thursday in December. How would you all celebrate together? After the destruction of the temple, our rabbis adopted the Pharisaic way of counting the days from Passover to Shavuot. While it appears that the community of Jewish followers of Yeshua, it appears, adopted the Sadducean way of determining when to observe Shavuot. And this explains why it became the tradition of the Gentile Christian community to celebrate Pentecost— Shavuot, which is the Greek word, that's the Greek word for Shavuot, always on a Sunday. Now, from a biblical perspective, which is the more accurate way of counting Passover until the day of Shavuot? Over the years, I've studied this issue out, and I've come to the conclusion that I think the Sadducean interpretation is more accurate. And I'll give you two reasons why. First, Leviticus chapter 23, verse 16 says, count off, well, let's read it together. Count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Shabbat. There are seven weekly Sabbaths after Passover, but not seven festival Sabbaths. Therefore, Shavuot would seem to have to be on a Sunday. The Pharisaic response to this argument is that the word Sabbath should be interpreted week, as in a week of seven days. But this is a highly unusual use of the word Sabbath in the Torah. It is a stretch. Secondly, the Torah does not give us a fixed date for the celebration of the festival of Shavuot. Instead, it gives us a way to calculate the date. This suggests that the date changes each year as the Sadducees maintained. The Pharisees held that Shavuot always occurred on the same day, Sivan 6, the sixth day of the third month every year. But if this is the case, why doesn't the Torah just give us the date 
as it tells us the dates of the other festivals. If the date of Shavuot was fixed each year, there would be no reason for the Lord to give instructions explaining how to calculate it. For these two reasons, a strong case, a persuasive case, can be made that the Sadducean way of counting the days from Passover to Shavuot is what Hashem originally intended. Now, how should we respond to this insight? Should we look down on the wider Jewish community in a critical way and say, we are more biblical, we know better than they do, they are doing it wrong by following the Pharisaic tradition? This year, the Pharisaic rabbinic date for Shavuot and the Sadducean date for, for Shavuot happened to be the same because Passover began this year on Friday night. Shavuot this year, according to both reckonings, therefore will begin on Saturday night, May 23rd. So be sure to put that down on your calendars. But next year and the year after, Shavuot will end up on different dates. This raises the question, when we count the Omer, should we count different days than the rest of the Jewish community and celebrate Shavuot on a different day than the rest of the wider Jewish community that we are a part of? Over time, I have come to see that we need to embrace Torah and tradition. And this is a matter of our community growing to maturity. Torah and tradition are each important in their own way. As a community, we need to prioritize Torah and what we believe God commanded us to do. Since the Sadducean way of counting is more accurate biblically, we need to recognize this and not shrink back from this way of counting up to and commemorating Shavuot. At the same time, the tradition is what binds us to the rest of the Jewish community. We need to stay connected to the wider Jewish community because the Jewish community is us. We need to stay connected to our community. We should not separate ourselves from our community. Also, we are called to build a congregation for Yeshua within the wider Jewish community. If we are not in sync with our community, we cannot live out our vision and calling. So, we should count according to the tradition and commemorate Shavuot with the rest of our people even while we acknowledge the more accurate counting, which is, in my opinion, the Sadducean way of counting. As a Messianic Jewish community growing to maturity, growing in our character, this means embracing both Torah and tradition. It is not an either-or matter, but a both-and. We should follow both the Sadducean and the Pharisaic ways of counting from Passover to Shavuot, recognizing that one is closer to the Peshat, the plain meaning of Scripture, and the other is more traditional. Both are important, each in their own way.
We should also be aware that no method of counting is purely biblical. I say this because even the Sadducean method of counting depends on the traditional determination of when the, when the month of Nisan begins. And for this, we must rely on tradition. Over a thousand years ago, our rabbis designed a calendar that is regularly intercalated so that the month of Passover stays within the springtime. Without this traditional intercalation, Passover would over the years end up in the fall, and the fall festivals would end up in the spring. So even if we want to be as accurate as possible and follow the Sadducean method of counting the Omer up to Shavuot, we still have to rely on the tradition of our fathers that has been passed down to us. And it is a wonderful thing that we have such a tradition. It is something we should be grateful for. How does our determination of, of these dates, uh, how, how, how does our denomination determine uh, these dates, the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations? How does the UMJC handle the different ways of counting up to Shavuot? In the UMJC prayer guides that we receive each year, the guide provides us with both ways of counting so that we can follow both and celebrate both. This year, we can rejoice in the fact that the Torah and tradition are in sync in our counting of the Omer, as well as in our observance of Shavuot from Saturday night, May 23rd, to Sunday night, May 24th. And this brings us to my second point. Let's get ready for a wedding. Next Sunday is David and Sonia's wedding. Yay! <laughs> Not all of us will be at the ceremony, but all of us can come to the service next Shabbat and shower them with our love and well wishes. Let's also bring something special for Oneg that day, if we can, and a little more since we will be having a number of guests. David will be giving the message that day, and Sonia will be called up for an aliyah and will be giving the darash. It will be a very, very special Shabbat. You've heard of Shabbat Hagadol, the Sabbath before Pesach. Well, this is Shabbat Haween. The Shabbat before the Ween wedding. That Sunday will literally be, literally, a smashing day. As David smashes the glass, and David and Sonia will begin a new chapter in their lives as husband and wife. Isn't that exciting? Are we looking forward to it? Yes. On that note, I'd like to encourage us all to begin thinking about another wedding. In fact, a renewal of vows that will be taking place about six weeks from now. The Midrash tells us that Shavuot, which is sometimes referred to as the festival of oaths, 
because the word Shavuot can mean weeks or oaths, that the festival of Shavuot or the festival of oaths is all about the love story between God and Israel. The festival of Shavuot is traditionally understood as a renewal of vows ceremony, a time to remember the oaths that were exchanged on Mount Sinai between God and our people, Israel. Is it any wonder that we read the book of Ruth during Shavuot? It is the ultimate love story in the Bible, and it gets us in the mood of Shavuot. In the Sephardic community, an actual marriage ketubah is read on Shavuot called a ketubah le Shavuot, a marriage certificate for Shavuot. It is found in the Sephardic Sidor, and it is read in Ladino, Judeo-Spanish. I will read you a section from one ketubah le Shavuot. It states, and let's put it up on the screen. This is uh, from one of these ketubot. On Friday, the 6th of Sivan, the day appointed by the Lord for the revelation of the Torah to his beloved people, God came forth from Mount Sinai, the groom, the Lord, the king of hosts, is betrothed to the bride, the community of Israel, arrayed in beauty. The bridegroom said to the pious and virtuous maiden Israel, who had won his favor above all others, can there be a bridal canopy without a bride? As I live, declares the Lord, you shall don them all like jewels, deck yourself with them like a bride. Many days will you be mine, and I will be your redeemer. Be my mate according to the law of Moses and Israel, and I will honor, support, and maintain you, and be your shelter and refuge in everlasting mercy. And I will set aside the life-giving Torah for you, by which you and your children will live in health and tranquility." Thus, an eternal covenant binding them forever has been established between them, and the bridegroom and the bride have given their oaths to carry it out. May the bridegroom rejoice with the bride whom he has taken as his lot, and may the bride rejoice with the husband of her youth. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? That... That is romantic. The, the Sephardim are romantic. <laughs> Here are some other fascinating details about the Sephardic Shavuot ceremony. Often two key scriptures are included in the covenant renewal ceremony. One of them is Hosea chapter 2, verses 21 through 22, which says, and let's all read this together. I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness, in justice, in grace, and in compassion. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you will know Adonai. 
A second scripture that is usually included at the Sephardic covenant renewal ceremony on Shavuot is from Jeremiah 31, 31, which says, The days are surely coming, says Adonai, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And by the way, I'm not talking about a Messianic Jewish Sephardic wedding, uh, Shavuot uh, ceremony. I'm talking about a traditional Jewish ceremony. The ketubah that is usually used at these ceremonies is dated Savan 6, 2448. The traditional date when the wedding between God and Israel took place on Mount Sinai. What is the year uh, this year? 5775, right? So uh, the traditional date when this wedding between the Lord and Israel took place is Savan 6, 2448. Another uh, detail about this beautiful um, renewal of vows ceremony on Shavuot in the Sephardic community, the Torah is viewed as the, as the ketubah, the wedding contract, at the original ceremony on Mount Sinai. It lays out the privileges and responsibilities of husband and wife and gives the exact oaths taken. Deuteronomy Rabbah describes the original ketubah, the original ketubah that was made between God and Israel at Sinai in the year 2448, according to tradition. Deuteronomy Rabbah says that that original ketubah was a parchment of white fire, which was written on with black fire. Don't you love the imagery? And finally, who were the witnesses at this, uh, at this wedding ceremony in the year 2448? According to the Sephardic ceremony, the witnesses were heaven and earth. The idea that Israel and God were married at Sinai is not only a traditional Jewish concept. The prophets also use marital imagery to describe the relationship between Hashem and our people. This imagery is sewn into the fabric of the Hebrew scriptures. For example, at home, take a look at Isaiah 62, verse 5, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 32, and Hosea chapter 2, verse 19. In the Shlichim, the apostolic writings, in the very last chapter, the very last chapter of our Bible, we read of the wedding banquet of the Lamb, something that Shavuot, the festival of oaths, may very well point to. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 14 states, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned, for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God 
is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. One of the seven angels, having the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues, approached me and said, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. He carried me off in the spirit to the top of a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It had the Shekhinah of God, so that its brilliance was like that of a priceless jewel, like a crystal clear diamond. It had a great high wall with twelve gates. At the gates were twelve angels, and inscribed on the gates were the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. There were three gates to the east, three gates to the north, three gates to the south, and three gates to the west. The wall of the city was built on twelve foundation stones, and on these were the names of the twelve emissaries of the Lamb. My brothers and sisters, let us get ready for a wedding. We will have a simcha next week, the wedding of David and Sonia. Then, five weeks later, on the day of Shavuot, the festival of oaths, we will remember the wedding between Adonai and our people on Mount Sinai. And then, at some unknown time in the future, perhaps near, perhaps far, but one that we should all yearn for, we will celebrate the great wedding banquet of the Lamb when we, the adorned bride, will come into the presence of Yeshua, the Chatan, the Groom, the Lord, the King of Hosts. My brothers and sisters, do we long for that day? Let us allow this season of Sefirat HaOmer, the counting of the Omer, leading up to Shavuot, leading up to the Festival of Oaths, stir in our hearts a longing for the Chatan, our Lord. Let's pray.